Well, our moms think we're funny. Uh, everyone, I'm coming. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even know why I try anymore. I don't know why you you trust me with this power. I, I shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? I, I, I like how how you're like I, I say you go ahead and turn it off and you're like yeah hey, I'm gonna call me but inside you're like unlimited power. <laughs> oh. like, he, he asked. <laughs> he asked. Uh, hey everybody, my name is Turk One Eighty Two. Um, and uh, hey, welcome back to another episode of Our Moms Think We're Funny. Yeah. So uh, today on Our Moms Think We're Funny. Uh, we had, uh, this was like an idea we actually had like a long time ago and I think we just never got around to like bring it up as a topic. Yeah, we're it, super disorganized. <laughs> um, yes, Akomi is super disorganized. Uh, I mean, I send him top, like podcast topics all the time. He never writes them down. Nope. Uh, <laughs> what was that? You said I should write them down myself? Um, fuck you. <laughs> you don't run this show. <laughs> I mean, you, you know me well enough by now to know that... Unless you hold my hand and walk me through every step of the way, I'm not going to remember jack shit about anything. Well, you think you can do a better job? You want to take my place in the show? <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so today we are doing Literature Fight, yeah. a.k.a. War of the Words, where we're going to pick famous writers and put them against each other to see who would win in a fist fight. Yeah. For example... As an example, um, Dr. Seuss versus Charles Schultz. Ooh. Schultz. Schultz? Schultz would absolutely kick his ass. Really? Schultz was a machine gunner and sergeant in World War II. Really? Yeah. He was a badass. But Theodore Gazelle was an actual doctor. <laughs> well, then he can patch his wounds that Schultz is inflicting. But but he also <laughs> knows, like, the, where, like, Schultz is, like, trying to just, like, shoot someplace. He knows a precise point. Like, oh, if I stab you here, you're going to bleed out in, like, a matter of seconds. See? Well, they're allowed to bring knives. I don't know. Well, you, he, you got him <laughs> shooting a gun. I would hope he could bring just, a knife. I'm just saying he was a trained combatant in World War II. I've known enough World War II vets to know that they are badass as hell. Well, I guess that would explain the whole Snoopy and the Red Baron thing. Uh, yeah, Snoopy was World War One. Yeah, Snoopy was World War One. I'm just saying that that would explain why he had like Snoopy flying around as a red yeah, bear, like, yeah. shooting down shit. Yeah, he was also good friends with the guy who did the Willie and Joe cartoons back in World War Two. All what? that stuff. The what? The Willie and Joe cartoons. Did you ever see those? No, because I was born in the 20th century. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I forgot that they all vanished in the in the old book rapture of 1990. Like, why would I be reading like some moldy ass like comic strip <laughs> from like? Because they're good. The art is good. The jokes are funny. You don't have to be a military guy to appreciate the humor. No, sorry. No, okay. I was too busy reading like Snuffy Smith and Prince Valiant <laughs> and Mary Worth. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't into Mary Worth until the whole suicide arc, but you know. That was the best part for me. <laughs> I think you should do it. You, should, you really got nothing left to live for. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm tired of hearing you bitch about it. I don't think you got the stones. <laughs> Do it, wuss. Do it. <laughs> jump, jump, jump. Come on, everybody. Jump, jump, jump. <laughs> hey, she she makes her like a like a white and live mixtape. It's got like it's got uh crisscross jump on there, Van Halen jump. <laughs> <laughs> this song jumper by like third eye blind. <laughs> it's like I sense a theme here. <laughs> 
And then everything else is just spin doctors. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> right. Because if the first three didn't work. <laughs> I used to always sing that song. I wish you would step right off that ledge, my friend. <laughs> and I know that's wrong. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, but yeah, no, my, my vote would be Schultz in that example. And I don't I don't know if if, if Doctor Seuss is a real doctor or not. I I don't <laughs> think he was. I think it was just an honorary degree. Um, I I know, I know his real name was Theodore Gazelle or something like that. Yeah, or... Theodore Gazelle. But uh, yeah, I know he was um, moderately racist and uh, moderately racist, severely racist. I don't know. Well, I'm mo- asking. Yeah, like... he, he was moderately to severely racist. Um. He did what, what was he like, like a racist weatherman? So we, so we got moderately to severely racist coming in from the well, south. It, it, That's going to blow in from Seattle. It, it depends on like where people place the line of what they would consider severe racism. Like I don't think he ever like decided to like run down a Japanese man in the streets or anything, but um, he, he would do political cartoons before he did children's books. Oh, that's right. I and, remember that. Yeah, he always did like, like fairly racist caricatures in the imagery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Schultz was, meanwhile, pretty far ahead of his time with that, because he he introduced the black character, Franklin, and had him go to school with the other kids, and people would piss and moan and bitch and say that that he should have him segregated because it was the 60s at the time. He was like, hell no. (laughs) I thought that that Pigpen was the first black character in Peanuts. No, Pigpen's just dirty. Just gonna let that sit there for a minute. He, there. He's white. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that sit there for a minute. <laughs> no, this, this is totally not me. This was <laughs> this was totally you. <laughs> oh, so uh, <laughs> I told you to wash your hands. <laughs> See, it's coming off. <laughs> so I, I, I remember. I, I remember the original uh, title of like Yodel the Turtle was Sambo the Negro, and it was all about Negro stacking. Um, and that's what I heard, but maybe maybe I was wrong. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't tell you about that one. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Um. <laughs> they drink more than a jigger, and you see them, they're bigger. <laughs> if you look behind a bush, you can find them. Whoa, 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 Dr. Seuss there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, do we have any limits on like time period, anything like that? I don't think so. Okay. Um. Yeah. Just. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of whatever. So, do you have one? If gonna, not, I, if, not, if not, I've got one. I mean, yeah. You know. I'm gonna throw out C.S. Lewis for my first guy. C.S. Lewis. Do you yeah. have someone who's him to fight? Do you want me to come up with someone for him to fight? Uh, yeah. You come up with someone for him to fight. Okay. So. Um. Wow, this is not going to be fair at all. Um, <laughs> C.S. Lewis versus Hunter S. Thompson. Ooh. I don't know what Hunter S. Thompson looked like. Hunter S. Thompson? Gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson? Oh. I don't know. C.S. Where, Lewis was a big dude. He was like six foot. Okay. If you ever get a chance, there was an episode, an episode of, um, back when he used to listen to it, the, I think it was the Moth, no, what's it? Yeah, the Moth Radio Hour. Where this woman tells a story about how she was um, 
like an intern for Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. And like when she first gets the job, the first thing was like, he'll take these pills <laughs> for like three months. Like she like, and he was like, yeah. you know how to shoot a gun. And <laughs> he was a pretty skinny looking dude though. Um, but he was fucking stoned out of his he, mind on yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he would know a thing or two about a thing or two. Oh yeah. But C.S. Lewis was like, he was over six foot. He was like six foot three. Granted, he was, I don't think he was a, a veteran like Tolkien was or anything. Um, hold on. C.S. Lewis, how tall? Because so, uh, a fan, a child, um, wrote and asked him in a letter and he told them. But I don't remember what it was. Oh, he was only 5'11". Oh. But he was he was a big, heavy dude. Uh, I think I think I'd have to give it to Hunter S. Thompson, though. I think so, because there's no... You couldn't hit him enough times for him to feel it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Plus, uh, I was... It, Have I, you ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No. Nah. The the one with um, uh, uh, Johnny Depp and... Um, oh, shit. What's my guy's name? Um, the guy that I love so much. Uh, Use your suspects guy. Uh, um, I'm not sure. Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You have you ever seen a, the scene where they pick up uh, <laughs> where they they uh, um they pick up Tommy McGuire on the side of the road? No. And he's like this weird looking hippie, like he's like long hair, but it's like thinning in sections. And they're driving down the road, and and like they're both stoned, and and like he's like he's like. Oh, look out. And he's like, this is bad country. And like, he's like animated bats complaining. He's like looking at around and he's like freaking the shit out of this guy. It's, it's, oh God, it's so damn funny. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to give that one to Hunter S. Thompson then. Um, I, I, I misremembered C.S. Lewis's physiology. Okay. Because if he had like more of an advantage of size, I'd have to give it to Lewis. But. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mario Puzo. Mario Puzo. You're picking some interesting ones here. I gotta I gotta actually see him. Um Now you maybe like his his appearance may not be all that important, but who he is is, is important. Oh, he wrote The Godfather. Yes, he did. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think I can I think I can pick a winner here, but it, it would be a winner no matter what, so this is just kinda like a uh freebie. Okay. Teddy Roosevelt, man. <laughs> Teddy, did Teddy Roosevelt write? Yeah. I mean, like novels. Yeah. Well, not novels, but he wrote books. What? Um, the Naval War of, oh. let's see, the Naval War of 1812, the Rough Riders, uh, and his autobiography. But, you know, Mario Puzo, you know, he's kind of, um, related. He's kind of related. <laughs> He wrote The Godfather. He's kind of related. Well, yeah. He's, you know, he's a member of the family. Okay, but I mean, we're not talking about their connections. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, if you heard him, he kind of. We're just saying it's like a Fight Club thing. Okay, all yeah. right, that's that's, that's fair. It's just a Fight Club thing. And Teddy Roosevelt was a boxer and practiced judo, and Did, was didn't he a uh, masked vigilante for a while. Didn't he also um? Get shot while giving a speech, and then continue to give a speech. <laughs> yeah, he he actually said, "Gentlemen, if you will notice, I've been shot. 
However, it takes more than that to stop a bull moose, and he finished the speech, and then went to the hospital afterwards. So yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like I said, I, I think I think Roosevelt is going to win in any of those situations. I can give I can give it to Teddy. Yeah, he he was a badass amongst badasses. Now, if it was a fight between Mario Puzo and his brother Puzo, all the way. Did Teddy Roosevelt have a brother? I just <laughs> help me here. Really? <laughs> yeah. You Google that, please. Okay. I mean, I, I've just, I've never read like a systemized biography of Roosevelt, so Teddy Roosevelt brother, um, Elliot Bullock Roosevelt. Is that it? The one? No. Roosevelt family. I feel like you're leading me down. I feel like you're leading me down some kind of dumbass rabbit hole here. <laughs> I'm gonna feel really stupid. That's not his brother. What was it? His uncle or something? They, they were related. It I is know. His fifth cousin, dude. <laughs> fucking cousin, brother, shit. I I wasn't fucking around. <laughs> yes, FDR was his fifth cousin. <laughs> I don't really give a. Fine monkey's ass. They were still related. <laughs> they were brothers, though. <laughs> they were brothers in the literal sense. In the literal sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like, kind of like you're my brother. <laughs> he was just fucking related. They were distant cousins. <laughs> they weren't too distant. Fifth cousins. Fifth cousins is pretty much pretty close. You still can't marry them. Uh, can't you? I don't know. I'm Shit. not Googling that. I've never, I've, never, I've never had a cousin that wanted to marry or fuck. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say I was pretty thankful about that. I don't know. I knew it was some kind of like, I don't know. I get the Kennedys and the Roosevelt's all mixed up. It's all, <laughs> it's all a nepotism. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. It was a fight between Mario Puzo and Franklin Roosevelt. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank you. I don't did Franklin Roosevelt even write anything? I don't know. Um. Okay. Jeez. Um. Okay. <laughs> <I'm the> dead. <laughs> I felt so stupid until I realized who you were talking about. <laughs> I felt so stupid until I realized you were the stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I got a writer for you. Okay. Does it have to be a novelist? Uh well, I mean <laughs> what, what were you thinking? Like someone that wrote like poems or something? Um yeah, he was he was a poet, but I was thinking of a different type of book that he okay. wrote. What? Uh Miyamoto Musashi. Who's that? Oh the uh famous samurai duelist who wrote the book of five rings. Which is uh, basically like the Japanese equivalent of the art of war. It's like a, a guide that business people still use for business relations. I know what the art of war is. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm talking about Book of Five Rings also. Oh, okay. That That's, yeah. That's what Musashi wrote was Book of Five Rings. Ernest Hemingway. That would be a really tight fight. <laughs> now, to be fair, Musashi won most of his fights either with a sword or with a boken. I think on occasion with a boat or 
So if it came to a knockdown drag out fight, Hemingway would probably have it. Yeah, you think so? He, he'd have the advantage of size. So big guy, he'd have reach. Musashi would be faster. Unless, but, uh, of course, before the fight, um, Musashi just happened to like put a gun out on the table. Because you, because you know the rules, right? <laughs> You're the one who always preaches to me the rules. <laughs> hey, what were the rules? Which, which rules? <laughs> if, if there's a gun in... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if a writer includes a gun in a story, he is morally obligated to have that gun fire by the final chapter. <laughs> See, somewhat, like, Musashi was a brilliant duelist, but so much of what he did was, um, like, he, he would play mind games with his opponents to gain an edge over them. Mm. So, like, they would have a predetermined meeting time, and he would intentionally show up late. And so that would piss off his opponents, because it's like, this is a matter of honor, and you're just showing up whenever the hell you feel like it. And, of so. course, with them being, like, angry, they're, you know. Yep. And, you know, he was the one who had, like, all the conventional wisdom of, like, if, if there's a doorway, then keep the doorway to your right for an easier chance of escaping. Um, if you're fighting outside, then make your opponent face the sun so that they don't have as good range of vision, stuff like that. So, like, so much of his stuff was, it's not that he's a good fighter, it's just that he knew how to fuck with people really well. But he was a good fighter, too. Right. But, uh, you know, he, he took every advantage that he could, so... Uh, you know, with, with, like, weapons down, and if it were just straight-up knock-down, drag-out fistfights, I, I think, uh, I think Hemingway would probably have it. Okay. Unless it was, like, later in his life, and <clears throat> and he wasn't at his physical peak, but, I mean, he was, he was a big dude back in the day. <laughs> Alright, um... So this one may not be, like, a, like a... Like a big champion kind of guy. So, um, but Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh. Ooh. So, I'll, so I'll, I'll tell you this. When, when I when I originally posed this, I actually had like some people matched up. Mm-hmm. So in this matchup, it was Edgar Allan Poe versus H.P. Lovecraft. I was, I was literally typing <laughs> in H.P. Lovecraft because I wanted to... Wow, yes. Um, I would love to see Lovecraft and Poe fight. So, let's see. Lovecraft was a scrawny dude. So was Poe, but Poe had a big head. (laughs) He did. Skinny guys fight till they're burger. That's true. Big guy, big reach. (laughs) And, of course, Lovecraft was... Cripplingly racist, so. Was he now? Oh, yeah. Google, well, maybe don't. Um, (laughs) If you knew his cat's name, you would know exactly how racist he is. (laughs) Wow. It's bad. Why would you you go through the trouble of naming your animal something like like that racist? He went out of his way to do so, for sure. It's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible name. Which, I mean, if you, if you like, read any of his horror stuff, there's always, like, racist undertones and stuff. And he always, like, like has little pissy things to say about, like, about, like, black people or biracial people or whatever. So it's like, well, obviously, if their skin's dark, they're involved in the dark magic. <laughs> but if, if I'm biracial, didn't I get, like, half of it right? I mean, you would 
think so. I mean, maybe we should ask a racist. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> hey guys, what's the problem here? <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need, we need to have an, uh, our monster Secret funny like segment where ask a racist. So you really, <laughs> it's just ask him like you know, just you know really like it's like well, what's really so bad with them? Yeah. Of course, maybe they have like an answer prepared, and we're just like not gonna like what we hear. Maybe. Although I don't know why we would even really give a shit as far as what their opinions are. So. Well, I mean, we're asking them, right? We want to know. I mean, part of me is curious as to what their major malfunction is, but part of me also just wants them to go fuck off. So. I don't know. Mm. Mm. All right. So, what you got? Uh, Poe or, or Lovecraft? Oh, um, Poe was a pretty sickly guy, wasn't he? No, I know he did. He um, I see. He wasn't a, a. He was an opium guy, wasn't he? Was he? I think he's an opium guy. Uh, let's see. Stop listening to me, Google. Stop. I don't consent to this. As I was typing in Poe, it just came up Poe versus Lovecraft, so. Mm. Fuck this thing. Uh, Poe health issues. We'll try that. Well, he was recurrently depressed, uh, had a bipolar disorder, alcohol and drug abuse. Which, and, uh, and died due to complications from alcoholism. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was an opium user. Um, yeah, I guess he would be. I mean, because that would, they would factor that in under, uh, drug use, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, Lovecraft had cancer in the small intestine, so. Mm-hmm. So, we picked a bad matchup. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty good, man. I think it's a pretty good fight. So, cancer versus uh, clinical depression. And, I mean, I guess I guess if Poe were so, like, stoned off his ass or drunk that he couldn't fight, then we'd have to give it to Lovecraft. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking Poe. You thinking so? I'm thinking Poe. I, I think Poe deserves to win over Lovecraft. Now, depending on how, um, depending on how high he was, though, he could be like punching at the air and like hitting the wrong thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that'd would, be tough. It would be a, a hard fight to watch. Yeah, uh, but fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah. So yeah, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Okay, you got one for me? Uh, I'm pulling them up now to to get an idea of because I, I I've got a, I've got a, another matchup for you to see, uh, okay. see who will win. Okay, Lewis Carroll versus Bill Keen. <sighs> Man, <laughs> oh, I love it. Your reaction is the best. <laughs> so here's the thing. I find Bill Keen's work to be vapid and offensive. Um, 
it amazes me that it still has a following and still has syndication. <laughs> but Lewis Carroll had some pretty bad tendencies and some pretty bad proclivities, if you will. Yes, he did. So I would have to give my vote to Bill now, Keen. Now, it's not who we like, it's who we think we will win. I I really don't know. Um, so let's let's say it like this. I don't think that Bill Keen ever had any physical altercations and probably no real experience with it. Okay. Um, Lewis Carroll, if he is bigger than him and can overpower him, like say a child, would probably have an advantage there. But uh, I'll just say that my my earnest hope would be that Lewis Carroll would get the ever loving shit kicked out of him. <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I got no patience for that kind of stuff. I mean, he, he had photo albums and everything else and try, tried to marry the person that he based off of, Alice in Wonderland and everything. So he's a creepy motherfucker, motherfucker. Okay. I, I got one more for you. All right. While you're looking that up. Okay. Nicholas Sparks versus Jim Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, and for people that don't know who Bill Keen is, please, you know, let them know. So Bill Keen is the guy who did Family Circus. And uh, Family Circus is, you know, people call it a comic or a comic strip, but it's not because there's no sequential art. It's just, He does a, a piece illustration of these insipid characters with a caption at the bottom of the illustration that of something that's supposed to be cute or whimsical. funny or whimsical. Uh, something that might brighten your day, and it does none of these things. And uh, <laughs> it might brighten your day. It really just kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth, and you're like, "Why is this? Why is this little idiot child like leaving dotted lines everywhere that he walks? And like, what the hell is Jeffy's major problem? You know, did did this family have any children that lived? You know, those are the questions that really. <laughs> God, I love that you. insult. <laughs> Did your family have any children? That's so great. All right, I got, I got. Um, so you who who who? Um, you didn't answer. Uh, oh, Nicholas shit. Sparks versus Jim Davis. <laughs> Nicholas Sparks, Jim Davis. Um, so Nicholas Sparks was the romance novel guy. I know what Jim Davis was like, which I don't know if we can really call Jim Davis an author. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what Nicholas Sparks looks like here. I like how you're really like trying to to like okay like which one of them would really like win a fight. I'm like okay, and then I, I'm I'm cool with that. And just <laughs> you know, I it's find it interesting. Oh, Nicholas Sparks for sure. Nicholas Sparks. He's uh, he's uh, a little doughy, but like he he's not fat. He's he's got some heft to him. Jim Davis uh, is. Um, not a thin man, but he, he doesn't really have a lot of power to his build. And Jim Davis is barely a writer, you know, he's a marketing guy, so um you know we gotta we gotta give that give that one out to Sparks as well. Mm, okay. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. And yeah, no, I mean Jim Davis, I just you know I, I don't see a lot of like a lot of fighter or survival in his build. Um, okay, let's, let's say, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle mm. versus Edgar Rice Burroughs. 
Oh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle versus Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah. Uh, so, the one and only Sherlock Holmes versus Tarzan. And John Carter, of mm. course. That's, um, that's a good one, man. Yeah. You know, I think I would have to give it to Burroughs. Hmm. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Back up. Hold the phone. Um, I'm going to have to give it to um, to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. And the only reason why is because Doyle was really good friends with uh, Harry Houdini. Oh, okay. Because Doyle and Houdini, um, because uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's wife was like sick or something. But anyway, he, he believed in the afterlife as where Houdini didn't because he originally was trying to find proof of the afterlife because of his wife's death. But all he ever found were charlatans. And so he then made it a point to go and... Um, and uh, expose all these people that said they could that they could talk to spirits. Wow! And then set out to expose them for the charlatans that they were because it picked him because he really wanted to believe in the afterlife. Uh-huh. And um, and when he didn't, um, when he couldn't uh, like find anybody real, he was like, "Fuck all you guys that are like you know ripping people off and and all that kind of stuff." Hmm. And um, and uh, and then um and. Um, there was a TV series that only lasted for like like a one season, and I don't think most people missed it. And it was called like Houdini and Doyle, nice. and it was a, it was like a fictional thing. But the two of them were like solving crimes in London, yeah, and stuff. And but most of them were around like they would have something where happened where like Doyle actually thought that he was able to speak to the uh, to people in the afterlife, and Houdini was always like, you know, no, this is this is fake, and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And and then he would basically kind of shatter his dreams. But yeah, there, there was some kind of like. It was either a friendship or a rivalry. I have to look it up. But hmm. so I would say because of, because of that Houdini connection, I would have to give it to Doyle. Uh, also, Doyle um, judged bodybuilding competitions. Apparently, so he really would, he would have to know a thing or two about uh, putting himself together. Now it does look like Burroughs did do some uh, some travel. And, See, I would uh, thought he would have been a military guy. Uh, Burroughs. Well, let's see what let's, let's see what the, the Wikipedia says here about the man, Carson Napier of Venus. Um. Okay. Oh, he came from Puritans. Many of his ancestors fought in the American Revolution, so he's got that going for him. Okay. Oh, well, here we go. According to well, according, he was he was military. Yeah, you were right. According to Wikipedia, um, Doyle was friends for a time with American magician Harry Houdini. Even though Houdini explained that his feats were based on illusion and trickery, Doyle was convinced that Houdini had supernatural powers and said as much in his work, The Edge of the Unknown. Houdini's friend um, recounted a time when Houdini performed an impressive trick at his home in Doyle's presence. Houdini assured Doyle the trick was pure illusion and expressed hope that the demonstration would persuade Doyle not to go around endorsing phenomena simply because he could not, because th- simply because he uh, could think of no explanation for what he had uh, seen other than supernatural powers. But Doyle simply refused to believe it had been anything but a trick. Houdini became a prominent opponent to the spiritualist, uh, spiritualist movement in the 1920s after the death of his beloved mother. He insisted that spiritualist mediums employed trickery and consistently exposed them as frauds. These differences between Houdini and Doyle eventually led to a bitter public falling out between them. Hmm. 
Interesting. Very interesting. So, uh, looks like Burroughs became an enlisted soldier with the, uh, with the 7th U.S. Cavalry, but he was diagnosed with a heart problem and was discharged. So, with that said, I think we have to give it to Doyle. Yeah. Look at Doyle there in that picture. Oh, yeah. He's got, like, a fantastic mustache. Oh, yeah. Just phenomenal. So, uh... We've been going just a little over half an hour. I know it's a little bit short, but uh, we want to come up with like one more good matchup. Uh, yeah, I kind of been tossing them out there, um, but you uh, you just did that one, so that was a good one there. Um, okay. Uh, all right, one more good one, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to come up with one of the authors and I come up with the other, or how do we want to do that? Um... Okay, uh, I think we can do that. Um, are we trying? To, are we trying to find just a, like a really good fight? Or are we trying to find like a a, a, a match winner? Yeah, just whatever. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something good here. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, uh, um, um, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh. Hold on. I, 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 just, I got one. <laughs> I know who I want. Okay, I got it. Okay. Who you got? G.K. Chesterton. Who's G.K. Chesterton? Uh, he primarily wrote essays, but uh, he also wrote like the Father Brown mystery series. Um, he wrote A Man Called Tuesday. Um, his essays are extremely entertaining. That's that's mostly what I read of his. Okay. I was going to say Ian Fleming. Damn. Now, assuming that Ian Fleming had the uh, the same like has some rudimentary grasp of fencing, he would probably. Destroy G.K. Chesterton. I was going to say, Ian Fleming, if I'm not mistaken, really was a spy. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Uh, see, he was in World War II. Uh, see, was recruited by Real Admiral um, for the Royal Navy. Promoted to lieutenant commander after a few months. Um, let's see. He frequently used... Uh, trying to see what it says that he eventually... Maybe what his final... Um, like his uh, rank was. Listen to this. According to Wikipedia, of course, uh, Admiral Godfrey put Fleming in charge of Operation Goldeneye. Between 1941 and 1942, Goldeneye was a plan to maintain an intelligence framework in Spain in the event of a German takeover of the territory. Wow. Very cool. Chesterton also had a really cool signature. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he had like an awesome looking autograph. Because that's one cool thing about Wikipedia is that it scans people's signatures when it has them. 
So that's that's what his signature looked like. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was like he was a, a theologian and apologist. Um, wrote mystery novels. Wrote the Father Brown stories, The Everlasting Man, Orthodoxy, The Man Who Was Thursday, The Napoleon of Notting Hill. But yeah, he was he was kind of a big dude. Um, Napoleon of Notting Hill, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was kind of a kind of a chunky dude. So if if Fleming actually had like training, then yeah, he would destroy Chesterton. But if it were just a matter of like size versus size, then Chesterton would have an edge here. Yeah, but Fleming uh, was was in the war. Yeah. So yeah, gotta let's, give it to him. Let's see what Chesterton's actual background was. I think yeah, yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> like, like you're like, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. There's like no, no, like military background or anything like that. It was, uh, he was like all within the school and stuff. So brilliant mind, but not much of a fighter. Which is a damn shame because I like Chesterton a lot. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I was like, I was thinking about somebody, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with Fleming, <laughs> and uh, it just so happened. You know, back when, uh, back when, uh, was it cracked? You know, the uh, had their um, their YouTube channel, which mm -hmm. I think it, they still kind of have it, but I haven't been out there in a while. Ever since, ever since all the people I that I like to watch on there um, are gone. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I haven't been out there, but I think they started doing some new stuff or whatever. Um, anyway, um, back when I was a thing, I remember uh, was it Dan O'Brien had uh it was a like a live show they did somewhere and he had recommended some books and um and i may have mentioned this to you once before because i remember putting in my list of books i wanted to read and uh and like the reviews of the book weren't great i was like oh it's a here's an interesting book it's not great but um you know you you know i guess it's, it's worth checking out mm -hmm. and i'm gonna see if i can um pull it up here uh to tell you about it. Oh, here it is. I may have mentioned to you once before. It's called The Irregulars. Raw Doll and the British Spy Ring in Wartime Washington. That sounds familiar, yeah. So, during the desperate uh, winter of 1940, as a threat of German invasion hung over England, the British government mounted a massive secret campaign of propaganda to weaken the isolationist uh, sentiment in America and manipulate the country into entering the war on England's behalf. Under the command of the now legendary Intrepid, the British planted propaganda in American newspapers, covertly influenced radio stations and wire services, and plotted against American corporations doing business with the Third Reich. They also pushed President Roosevelt to create a similar covert intelligence agency in the U.S. and played a role in the selection of William Donovan as his head. But anyway, it was, um, it was, uh, Raldahl and, uh, I'm trying to think if they were like, there were like three other guys that were all, um, that were all a part of it. But part of the thing that they did was basically to like, seduce the wives of some of these like like senators and congressmen or whatever and, and get them to and get them to like uh to convince their husbands to enter the war wow and i think and one thing i read at one point like one of them wrote back like wrote a like a note back and it's like these women are killing me <laughs> yeah wow yeah, 
So that's kind of awesome. That's pretty wild, yeah. So yeah, so uh, a little bit of a short one, but I think that's okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have to say that, uh, that I thought that was kind of fun, this literature it fight, was. just putting these people, I mean, people that normally wouldn't fight, just putting them together, making them fight, but like, hey, <laughs> let's see how this would work out. Yeah. So, yeah, that was literature fight. So, yeah, um, reading is fun, people. Um, I didn't get to bring up my favorite author during this, because I don't think he'd be much of a fighter, but he's awesome. Um, Haruki Murakami. Be sure to check out his books. He's got some great stuff. Haruki Murakami? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, he does a lot of, uh, in, of kind of trippy novels. Um, he's also got, like, some short story collections, which are, like, a good introductory point for him. But he did stuff like, uh, The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle, um, Hard-Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, uh... The elect um no what was it the not not the electric sheep saga because I'm I'm mixing that up with the do Android stream of electric sheep um it's not the electric grandmother because that was Ray Bradbury yeah uh, um uh, let's see let's see he did the elephant vanishes that's like a collection of short stories um I, I think a really good jumping in point is the wind up bird chronicle that's one of my favorite stories of his. So, okay. Yeah, we never really get to like talk about like book recommendations or anything. We're always talking about you know comics and movies and music. So this is this is a good chance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool, man. So yeah, you got any authors to recommend to people? Or? Um. Yeah, I mean, I can. So we might as well. Like, we're never gonna have this opportunity again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we we will because our channel. We we can, we, can, <laughs> we can suddenly turn this into you know our moms think you should read these books. But uh, I, I mean, we could, but you know, we won't. Yeah, we won't. We're, we're, Really unreliable. So. You are really unreliable. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no we, there's no we, Billy. What the fuck is we? It's you, you, Billy, you. Um, yeah, but you don't hold me to it. You don't keep me accountable. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know I don't. I never, I never see like, you fucking things up. No, I, I never do that. No, why would I do that? It's a crazy person would do that. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't think most people probably here know, but maybe they do because I've mentioned maybe a couple of times. Um, I am a huge fan of uh, Ray Bradbury. Absolutely love Ray Bradbury. Um, it used to be when I was starting out and reading a um, a new author, I would pick up a book of their short stories. And that way I could pick and choose what I wanted to read. Um, like story-wise, I didn't, want, I didn't have to necessarily get engaged in something that was, you know, like several hundred pages in order to find out whether or not I liked them. I could see how well they did a short story, maybe uh, 10 or 20 pages. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then I can, you know, get move on and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, so, I, and that's really when I first started reading Stephen King back when I read his good stuff, I started out with um, Night Shift. Um, yeah, and yeah. Um, see, what was it? it was Night Shift. And uh, what's the other one that he did? Uh, crap. Uh, shit, I can't think of the other one now. But I read, I read both of those, um, uh, like long, long, long time ago. But anyway, um, same thing with with uh, with Ray Bradbury. I started out um, reading his uh, his short story stuff, and I I love Ray Bradbury. It's uh, he is he's he is. so good. Yeah, um, I like him a lot. You know, I I think one of the the first story I ever um, that I ever read of his was one we ended up reading in school, which was The Velt. Yep, yep. And the Velt is great. Um, there's a story called, um, I think it's in, it's it's in, I think, 
either RS for Rocket, um, because some of it is like some of the stories were in RS for Rocket, SS for Space, but they also appeared in like the Martian Chronicles or mm-hmm. the Illustrated Man. Illustrated Man is probably one of my favorite books of his. Yeah. Um, yeah. Toy and B Convector is really good too, as far as short stories go. <laughs> but um, Illustrated Man is 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 really really good. Cool. But um, cool. there's a there's a story called The Long Rain. Where these guys are on, uh, it's like a, uh, like five, like soldiers and they're on Venus and it just, I think it's on Venus, but it does nothing but rain the whole time. And they're in like rain, like up to their waist yeah. and it's just coming down and coming down and it's just driving them mad. And they're trying to get to like, it was like a sun dome, which is basically like, um, like one of their bases. Yeah. And they end up getting to one, but it's been like destroyed. And so then they got to move on to the next one. And as they're making their way, um, you know, the, the rain, the, the incessant rain is just driving them nuts. And so some of them start, start dying. Well, I think one guy just stopped and he just like looks straight up and then you just, you know, drowns him. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it's really, really good. And in the end, um, uh, and I, in the end, I think one of them makes it. He's the only one that makes it, but then you don't know if he actually does make it yeah. or if he's just insane. Huh. Interesting. There's a, um, there's a, one of my, another one of my favorite stories is of these guys uh in a they're in a spaceship and they get hit by like a like an asteroid or something or like a something anyway this this ship's destroyed and they're all floating apart from one another yeah and they're only connected by their radios huh. and and as they you know and they're kind of fighting over there uh, with each other and everything but they're all like they're all drifting apart until they're getting out of like radio range and one guy's like he's starting to get close to like this uh planet's orbit and he's being pulled into it and he's gonna burn <laughs> up and it's it's really good like the whole thing um that's cool it's uh, I, I love i love ray bradbury i love his stuff so much in his stories and he's known as more like a soft fiction hmm. he also did a book of uh of uh stage plays nice. and one of them is a story in the future where people don't fear death yeah. And that death shows up and people aren't afraid of him. So he's like, oh, really? I'll give you guys a reason to fear me. <laughs> nice. It's really good. So oh, I, I should also say I've started reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and through the first book of the trilogy and really like it so far. So highly recommend that. Yeah, I would say anything Ray Bradbury. I really, really like it and uh, love his work quite a bit. Um, so uh, he's one that I would recommend. And, you know... Uh, uh, maybe you know. Next time we kind of do something like this, we'll maybe toss out another author. You know, yeah, that yeah. we really like. You know, we could just do an entire episode around like recommendation stuff. You know, yeah, that's true. Like, we could. You know, we we could do like books, movies, music, comics, all that stuff. Yeah, so, could be something to to put a pin in for later. But yeah. In the meantime, I've been a Comey. My name is Turk One Eighty Two. This has been fun. This has been fun. Uh, I don't think Ray Bradbury, if he was still alive, would be able to win a fight against anybody. Uh, I'm just saying like he looking at Ray Bradbury he was not the kind of guy I think that would take a punch very well or could throw a punch very well Hmm. Uh, I'd like to see Ray Bradbury fight Harlan Ellison uh, you know I think what would happen is that Harlan would stand there, Ray Bradbury throw a punch, and Harlan would sue him saying that, you know, that punch was actually my idea first since you stole it Uh. anyway Be sure to tune in next time, guys, for more fun, fun, fun. (laughs) Yep. Bye. Zang, yo.
All right there, folks, that was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.